This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at CraftSanity.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Well, if you couldn't express yourself... How would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing And knit and paint and dance and spin Would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy Here's something amazing To help you keep it together One, two, three Craft sanity, craft sanity Hello and welcome to episode 175. On this episode, I am going to be talking to a Brooklyn-based Swedish designer. We're going to talk about her brand new book, her fabric lines, and a new one that's coming out next summer, and a few other things too. This podcast, I will say up front, just because I, I definitely am someone who I don't put on front, folks. You guys know that about me. I just tell it like it is. I'm a little bit nervous because I really don't want to mispronounce this person's name. I was so worried about that, in fact, that I actually asked her to help me learn how to say her name. So we're going to start out with a group lesson on how to properly pronounce my guest's name. And then after that, I probably will still mispronounce my guest's name. But it won't because I haven't tried and put a lot of effort into it. We will all learn this together. (laughs) Let's try. How I say it is Lotta Jansdotter. Lotta Jansdotter. Lotta Jansdotter. But I have a Swedish tongue. You can't do it. Your muscles are done. Well, I've heard... Well, but I, <laughs> I would well, feel bad about I, it. Well, I don't feel bad about it. Okay, so even though she said not to feel bad about it, I do. It's just who I am. Lota has a fantastic book out. Lota John's Daughter, Everyday Style, Key Pieces to Sew, Plus Accessories, Styling, and Inspiration. And this is a really fun book because it shows how to make some basic staples for your wardrobe. I want to thank my Patreon sponsors for keeping the show going and also the cool folks over at acshomeandwork.com. You can head over there to check out some home goods and tea towels and just a lot of cool stuff. I'm doing a lot of printing on this on tea towels lately. And I'm making some little things. So I'm taking tea towels and cutting them up and making other things. So anyway, thank you folks for sponsoring the show. And all you folks at home, this is your cue to grab that cup of tea and a project and settle in for an inspiring discussion. You have a beautiful new book that is, is it, is this out yet for, cause I get books in advance. So uh, what is your actual publication date? It is indeed out. It was out uh, November 3rd. So it is. Yeah. Congratulations. It's absolutely lovely. Thanks. Another lovely book to add to your collection of lovely books that you've produced. And this one, this <laughs> one is called everyday style key pieces to sew uh, accessories plus accessories, styling and inspiration. I love that it's kind of a mashup of your beautiful textiles with patterns for people to make things with these beautiful fabrics. So um, congratulations and um, 
I guess you need a vacation now after all this work that you put out there to create these things. <laughs> I am pretty good at taking vacations. I go on like kind of a sabbatical every summer. I go back to Scandinavia. I do teach workshops when I'm there too, so I'm not completely off, but yes. I need to take a page from your book, really, because I never take breaks. And I think that some of the most creative and successful people out there know how to unplug and it's got to be so rejuvenating is that do you feel like you're filled with ideas when you come back well yeah it's it's hard it's really hard to step away because you know we all run small businesses and a lot of us wear many different hats and it's hard to step out and that feeling of that you know you're going to miss a lot of things or you're going to mess up a lot of things or miss deadlines or whatnot it's a real real feeling it's hard to step away from that but um I've done it for years. Um, I think it's that Swedishness. <laughs> we take long vacations, and I really need to. I live in Brooklyn. I live in a really high-paced place. Um, running a small business is high-paced. I need to step out of it, and I need to let my brain rest a little bit and let my mind wander and just be for a while and not always do, 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 do. Um, and a lot of where my inspiration comes from is spending time in nature and that those organic shapes and the water or the rocks. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it is really important, uh, for many reasons. And, um, I've been doing this for 20 years and the company hasn't collapsed by me going away as of yet. <laughs> so I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes we, yeah, some of us have this inflated sense that everything will just fall apart if we step away and really everything's better usually if you can take a break and come back fresh. So good for you. I'm going to try that. <laughs> well, it's, it's about, it's not necessarily popular by, with people that I work with, but if you try to manage the expectation levels and, and can do things so people know and deliver things before you go, right? a lot of people, and I, I'm very grateful the people that I work with, Wyndham Fabrics, for example, they're very, very accommodating and very nice and understanding. And um, I'm very grateful for that. Well, that's great. And I'd like to kind of go back and, and hear a little bit about how you got on this path, because you obviously you're, you've been designing textiles for, has that been the whole 20 years that you've been? Uh, yeah. 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 That would be lovely if you could talk a little bit about how you got started uh, as a professional designer and maybe what led to that, if you studied design in college or if this is something that you just kind of pursued on your own. I um, grew up in Stockholm, Sweden, and when I've always tinkered around, and like a lot of girls when they're young, they love to draw princes and princesses, and mine happens to have very decorative garment. <laughs> so I always loved I always loved drawing flowers and I was really into that, you know, coloring and whatnot. And I always been very creative, always making things with my hands since I was very little. And I came to the US. I lived in California for um, a good while. And I was nineteen when I moved here. And I come from a background in Scandinavia. We live with a lot of textiles in our lives and um pillows, napkins, runners, tote bags, and whatnot. And when I came, I didn't really see a lot of those things on the gift market at that time. And now we're talking 25 years ago. This is 1991. <laughs> um, so I just got, you know, I started taking different classes in a community college there. And I was looking for what I wanted to be when I grew up. 
and it wasn't obvious at all for a while. I wanted to be creative, but I didn't know what. And then um, I started thinking about textiles and like, why don't I see any modern, simple, cool linen pillows in gift stores? So I started making that out of my um, had a little basement studio. And I did three pillows and I walked around to different stores that I felt were appropriate um, in San Francisco at the time. And this was before internet. This was before anything. <laughs> so it was just really uh, grassroots. started very small and I had no idea what I was doing. I just took it step by step um, and started to grow a following locally in San Francisco. And I did a bunch of uh, trunk shows and started meeting other people and other creatives and then started talking about doing trade shows in New York and sort of took it step by step. I learned as I went and, you know, 20 years later, I'm going to sit and talk here forever if I'm going to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> tell you all the steps, but I've, you know, one thing has led to another and I'm very open and flexible and curious. Um, the, I think the biggest reward and the biggest excitement I have about this business is I've learned so much. I constantly learn new things as I go. But I've written books, I've done wholesale, I've done retail, I've done production, I've done licensing. And right now, um, I am um, I really enjoy creating fabrics by the yard uh, for people who can sew garments, quilts, and baby products, and all kinds of things out of my fabrics, and um, doing some licensing sales. So is that kind of a return, creating the fabrics by the yard? Are you are you printing some of these things still yourself um, and selling them, or are you creating the designs and having them mass-produced? I am currently not making anything myself, no production myself. I don't like production. It's, it's, I like making things in a smaller run and making one, two things. I mean, things of production is very difficult for me to, to do ongoing. So right now I am working with other companies that will essentially rent uh, my designs. I do licensing. So they rent my designs and my logo and they produce the product, they distribute it, they sell it. And I focus mostly on just creating the art and the designs. I do also do some marketing for these products. And when you started out, how long did you go where you were actually printing things yourself? I printed for maybe a good two, three years, and then I found a local seamstress just to help me sell the items for me. So I did the printing, and then I had a lady who sewed all the items in her kitchen. And then, long story, but I got a connection in Lithuania, and I got production there for linen products um, kind of quickly. So I had to start learning how to import products. And in order to do a trade show and take more wholesale orders, I needed that. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. just oh, yeah, of sell course. it by hand. So, so yeah. So, so it was a couple of years that I did it on my own. Printing is labor intensive too. I, I've done some printing, and it's like it's physical. Like it would be crazy to try to like print thousands and thousands of things one at a time. Yeah, you know, I mean, you just yeah. physically can't do it. Uh, so no, it's, yeah, <laughs> so you kind of had to. No, you can't do it. Yeah, you'd you still be working it. on that first order right now if if you had not gone with production. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, you know, fabric by the yard. It's they're printing it in you know like I don't know several hundred thousand. <laughs> so exactly. Crazy. 
Exactly. Um, but, you know, so, so, but I do miss working with my hands, but I make sure the way that I create my artwork for, for all these products is all by hand. I don't work in a computer. So I keep it a very hands-on process in many ways to satisfy my creative needs. And <laughs> right, right. So that's your, that's your creative time. Are you using, what medium do you use when you um, do your designs? Do you sketch them out in pencil or do you work with markers or paint? What do you prefer? It, I do that. I, I go. I go in periods. I love cutting uh, designs out of paper, or I love block printing, or like you say, just a pen sometimes, or or brush and ink. It yeah. all depends. It goes in periods. It, it, I don't decide necessarily ahead of time, and um, it's a very organic process. Whatever happens, happens, and whatever I'm in the mood for. Um, so, but I I am feeling I want more of that hands-on time. I need more creative time. Um, you know, running a small business, you do everything, but creativity sometimes, like it's, it's a lot about sitting around emails and organizing things and right. things. And it, it's, it's, it gets crazy. So you get away from the creative process and I'm trying to get back to that. I've been trying to do that for many years. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Well, yeah. it, you have several print collections out it looks like I'm counting nine, but are there more that I'm just missing here? Uh, I am actually right now, the FedEx package that I ran down to pick up was uh, <laughs> swatches for my seventh collection. For your seventh. Okay, your seventh. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Maybe I think Wyndham. I'm with, um, okay, so I think I was on, I'm on their website and I think I'm just counting. Maybe I, I'm not really great at math. Maybe I just miscounted how many, how many there are. Well, Cause it looks no, like. You're probably right. You're probably because some years we we do like a sister collection, so oh. they don't call that a collection. Oh, okay. So that's kind of like I think you're probably right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I see, yeah, there's nine different icons <laughs> here, and and yeah. I, I so so this is exciting. So you have a new collection that you're working on, or it's coming out. When is that one coming out? The new one. Well, the new collection right now, which doesn't have a name yet, um, it will be launched. For in, in April, and that will be, you know, good launching to the, the stores so they can place their orders. So and then when you will act, yeah, and when it will actually get into stores, it's not until, I think, August or July. Uh, so that's when you will actually be able, when the end consumer can actually buy it in the store. Okay, so next summer we can we can look forward to that. And what type, can you tell us anything about it at this point? Like, are these... Um, what kind of designs can we expect? I know a lot of your designs, what I love about your work is they're all, they're all related. Like I love the fact that all of your fabric seems to work with the other, the collections work together, which is interesting. When I create these designs, I have a very specific style. It just, that's just what comes out. But I am quite aware that and whatnot. I think it's cool if the collections can work with each other because I know some people keep some of my fabrics from a few years ago and I love it that they can work with them and combine them with newer fabrics mm-hmm. that I create now a few years later. So I just think about that and I love that aspect of planning it all out. And, you know, it's like a puzzle, a big puzzle to solve with colors and patterns and scale. So. And so the new, the inside that um, box that was delivered today, um, can you describe any of that for us without um, violating your contract? <laughs> There's a little bit more. Um, I feel like this is a little bit more masculine in colorways. A, a, a section of the collection is, which I'm excited about. Then there's 
um, I'm noticing that there's a green color coming back that I used to use more like in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, but no, the patterns, it's a mixture. It's organic patterns, some, some, some more graphic patterns. I always try to do both, have some florals and have some that are more graphic and then some, some patterns that will go with everything that are blenders that work well with, with all of it that ties the whole collection together. So I'm very excited about this collection. I feel very good about it. Um, a good indicator is how easy the collection comes together. Sometimes it takes many revisions, and it's just like, ah, it doesn't want to come out. <laughs> this one came out <laughs> quickly. So, so that means that, you know, it, 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 it feels good. So. Oh, that's good. And, and so will there, how many um, different prints are there? I don't know now, actually. I'm sitting with half of them in front of me because I'm in the hallway and the other half is in the <laughs> So, So, yeah, I don't know how many designs, six or seven maybe or five or I, I don't know. Now, do your neighbors know what you do? do are they quilters? Are they always look, looking at your fabric? No. Or are they just people that are not really into it? Does my neighbors know? You know, I have a, a really nice fabric store around the corner from me, just literally behind me. Uh, on the street, they know I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my immediate, my immediate neighbors. I don't know that they really know what I'm doing. Actually, yeah, it's, it's always interesting to me, especially when you think about New York and all the stuff that's happening. People are so close to each other, living so close, and people walk down the street and they just have no idea all the cool stuff that's right. happening inside these buildings. Yeah. Do you work yeah. in your in your apartment or do you have a studio outside your apartment? Um, I do have a studio, um, a lovely studio that feels like an old barn, um, but I just had to be working at home today for other reasons. So how, how far do you have to drive to commute to your studio? Very conscientiously pick the place uh, so I can walk or bicycle. So that will take me about 15 minutes to bike. Oh, that's great. And you get your exercise yeah. in and then you're all, you know, you have your, you don't have to go to the gym. You just get right to work. There you go. <laughs> that's See? great. Yeah. You've thought of everything. That's really great. I had posted on Instagram before I called you um, to let people know that I was going to be interviewing you. And uh, one of the questions that was left is you have a fan out there that would like to know where you feel most inspired, the Sweden or the United States or any other place that you go. So is there a particular place that you like to go and just where you just really feel like inspiration comes easily? You know, I think I need all of it. I need, I need, you know, my everyday life is here in Brooklyn and it's an immense energy and it's lots of creativity and then there's a strong pulse here. And I have a lot of very creative friends here and that rubs off. And like we spoke about earlier, I need the calm and I need the nature. I need to be able, you know, like going back home to Scandinavia is my, my conditioner for my soul. Mm-hmm. And then, um, for me, travel has always been incredibly important and I do love to travel, uh, go to India or Mexico or different places because that essentially breaks me out of my everyday. Right. I look at things differently. I'm just a little bit more open and relaxed and I don't think about my bills or the import tariff taxes or, you know. <laughs> so, so all of it really, I can't say that one is more important than the other. Yeah. I created this lifestyle for me for myself where I can do all of this and I'm I'm very lucky that I could do it but it was very it's something that I I made that happen you know so yeah <laughs> because well, I need that to drive me forward yeah what, what do you wish you would have known if you could go back in a time machine 20 years and tell 
your younger self um, give yourself some tips about business and uh, textiles and this whole industry that you're in? You know, the industry changes all the time. So, well, whatever was going on 20 years ago, the, the, the landscape looks so different than it does now. It's changed a lot. But I think overall, um, what I know now that I didn't know then is that things will work out in the end. And it was easy to blow things out of proportion and be concerned about things that are not necessary. You know, it will work out. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, you know, you and just... I think that comes with age. You just sort of like you do. I mean, we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to have, you know, things happen that feel really awful. And then it, it goes away and people forget and you forget and you move on and you learn from that. So, you know, most of the time it will it will be okay. Even though I still have those moments, I, you know, I'm not perfect at all. You know, I sound like some content Buddha, but I, of course, there's moments where I fret about things now these oh, days yeah. too. And I, I'm insecure about things and I question things and am I making the right decision and all of that, of course. But there's some inner sort of like, okay, in the end, it will work out. And was it hard for you to establish yourself in this industry? I mean, because you came to the United States, you said you were 19 when you when you, you moved, and you moved to California first? Yeah, yeah, I lived in Santa Cruz first, and then I lived in San Francisco. And then how, how long did it take to launch your business where it was officially, like, up and running? Uh, that all depends on when you when you consider yourself being official and up and running. Right. For me, I mean, I, I, I waitressed for a long time, part-time, while I was running my business. I, it's not, I think it's so easy to romanticize having your own business and what it means. And it's, and, and it's really hard to make a living doing this full-time. So when I first started, I waitressed at night um, to pay my rent and bills. But that was because I refused to take out a big loan. I didn't have a loan or I didn't have a business investment. You know, like I didn't go about it. It happened, like I said, very organically. I took a bag of pillow samples and started walking around the stores and, you know, so, but I registered my company in September, 1996, and you know, that was a big deal. And for September next year, I'm, I'm celebrating 20 years. And for four years, I was part-time and waitressing part-time. So it took me a little while before I said, okay, I'm going to give this, you know, my full-time effort and I, I can, I want to try to make a living at this. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and it's, yeah. it sounds like a really wise way that you went about it, too, because um, going into debt is scary, especially if you don't know if your business is going to, if it's going to work out. Are you glad that you did it that way? And it, it took oh, longer, yeah, absolutely. but... absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then there's another part of me who wish I was much more of a, I'm a fairly decent business person as far as, you know, I'm being completely self-taught and I learn as I go. I, but, you know, I think... Um, I think it's hard to be um, the designer and the creative and the business manager at the same time. So somewhere along the line there, I wish I would have met a business person who could have just taken that part of the business and managed that so I could focus more on the creative. Now, you know, that can still happen, but it's hard to, to find that person that you totally click with. And I am rather pig-headed and <laughs> and I don't think I'm the easiest person to work with. <laughs> and I like to make a lot of decisions and I don't know, you know, I've done it for a long time now. So, so it's, it's interesting. I, I 
it all depends on what kind of company you want too. Do you want a lot of employees and do you want a big company to manage and do you want to make loads of money or what, what is it that you want? Or, you know, a company right now, my company is not very big at all. has never been. It's me and a couple of assistants. And right now it's just me and another part-time assistant. Um, so I don't want to manage a bunch of people. I'm a fairly good manager, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> so I'd rather keep it smaller. You have workshops. These are public workshops that people can uh, actually book and go and and create with you during some of your yeah. downtime. I do. I do. And I, I'm very excited. I mean, all on this island where I'm from in Scandinavia, it's very, very special place for me. And I found a way to, to share it. And um, last year was the first time um, I took a group of people to essentially the, it consists of small little islands and spurs and we have a whole island to ourselves. So uh, it's an old farm that's being converted into sort of a hotel, but it's only for close groups. So there's no other people there. It's just our creative group that will be there. And we have our own chef that will cook with meals. And it's amazing food, and we are so close to nature, and you can just walk around. You know, we have the sauna, we have the ocean all the way around us, and um, we print in the barn and just have a really, really good time. And we have long meals where we sit together for three, four-hour meals and talk, and then we create, and we sketch, and we swim, and we walk in the trails. And I'm really excited about being able to offer this kind of workshop, and we had such a wonderful time last year. Um, so I'm offering that this summer again, and we opened up re- registration just a couple of days ago, and last year it sold out in two weeks. Oh, so wow. Was, okay. It was quite exciting, but we have people coming from Switzerland, from uh, South America, from England, and Japan. I love that. I love when we're bringing creative wow. people together like that. And how many so people fun. do you how many people do you take on on this adventure? Last year we had a group of twenty four people, which was kind of actually the perfect amount. Um, yeah, so that was that group. Um, yeah, and it's in July. But I also offer workshops in other ways. I have a workshop coming up in February in LA. Um, I teamed up with um, a really great shop there and company called Poketo. And that are located down uh, downtown, I think, in Koreatown at the Lion Hotel. So I'm doing that in February. And then coming up, I've been invited to go to India again and facilitate a workshop there next October. So lots and lots of really Oh, that exciting sounds exciting, too. too. Yeah. yeah. I hope to get to India someday because that textiles in India, coming out of India, are just fantastic. And all the black printing. Oh. And, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And be able to see the process, how they're made, because that things are made by hand. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> yes. I have, I, have bought, wonderful. I have bought some of the blocks. There's, um, there's a quilt show in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, every summer. And I a couple of years ago, I bought these blocks, and I could not believe how intricate, because I, I carve linoleum blocks, and I know just how labor-intensive right. it takes. I mean, it takes hours to do this. And carving into wood is even more challenging because it's a – a tougher surface to carve through and and the the intricate designs i was just like oh my word when you're in india and you're leading that group uh is it a workshop too or is it a tour or what is it what kind of um, structure will that uh trip have if people go on that it's a combination um, i partnered up with um ace camps um and um 
Angela approached me and she, a couple of years ago, and she asked me, well, what kind of workshop would you love to do? And I was like, I want to go to India and block print. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she's like, okay, okay, how? Um, so what we do is we go and look at um, the makers and see how they've done it for, you know, hundreds of years. So we do see that process and we do, so it is a field trip and we, Angela has put together an amazing trip where you also see indigo dyers and all kinds of different printers and how it's done. And then we get inspiration from that. And my job is to facilitate the, the how can we do this at home? Okay. So to your point where you just say, I mean, most likely we're not going to sit and hack away at block prints, you know, like wood blocks. Yeah, that's yes, going to take a long time. With yeah. Linoleum, yeah. So we, we, we do both. So we go on tours, we visit all these wonderful makers, and then, uh, and then we also make ourselves. So it's a great combination. And then we, we don't do a lot of, we have some free time where people can go off and do whatever they want. If there's a palace they want to visit, but we don't do those typical touristy things. It's more of a workshop we're, kind of. It's mostly trip. focused on the handcraft and, and yeah, of crafts. And, yeah. Well, that yeah, sounds fantastic. And shopping when, in there, too. <laughs> when did you say that that is, that the India trip? That will, that will be in October, but that's not, uh, I don't think it's launched yet. But okay. if people sign up on my mailing list, um, we will let you know. Um, the same with the Orland workshop. Uh, we have a few spots left. Um People can go online. That that workshop is up right now, so there's information about it on my website as of today, and and um, people can learn more there. Okay, so if you but want the best thing is to sign up on my website or follow me on Instagram because I announce everything there. So. Okay, so people can kind of just keep an eye out and um, go ahead and, and tell us your web address so folks can can take note of well, it. Well, it's janstutter.com and um, yeah, j a n s d o t t e r dot com. And then the handle for my Instagram is Lotte Unstotted. Okay. Okay. So people can uh, find you and it's, um, those will be some exciting things. And it sounds like, are you going to continue to do those trips in the future? Is that something you want to just keep doing more? I hope so. I hope so. It's so rewarding to, so inspiring to see other people be creative. And if what I know, and if I can inspire other people to to be creative, I, I, that's really one of the biggest rewards of my job. Um, I love creating myself, but it's just so, and it's so great to see all these people come together. <laughs> we have such a good time. I mean, we have such a good time. So, so yeah, so there's a lot of give and take there, you know, it's, I'm, I feel very fortunate that I could do that. So I, I'm going to try to keep doing those workshops as long as I can, as long as people want to, to, to be part of it. The other thing I'm curious about too is you, you've done so many, as I said, you know, you've done a lot of interviews, you've been out there for a long time and, you know, is there anything about you that people just don't know that you'd like to share? Because sometimes people kind of label someone, oh, textile designer, and then they forget that you're like a full dimension, like three dimensional person. <laughs> like, you know, you have other things in your life that you like, but are there things when you're not doing your textile work and running your business, what do you like to do? People find me and are inspired by my work, and they come in from different angles. Some people might know me from sewing. I don't really see myself as a seamstress. I'm actually not at all. I'm a pattern maker. I make patterns, like not sewing patterns. I mean, I happen to make a sewing book because I love making books, and it makes sense to do a sewing book 
for my fabric collections, like that's a good partner. I mean, I enjoy it. Like once again, a challenge. I mean, I think it's fun. I love clothing. So I did this um, book. It's like, wouldn't it be awesome to, to, to sew your own clothing because it's so satisfying. And that's your newest uh, book, The Everyday Style. Is, that's the yeah. latest book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's really fun. I'm super happy with that book. Um, and then, you know, I some people find me through products and my own products that I did several years ago and people bought my bags and whatnot. So th- some people might not know that I'm a product designer as well. Some people might think I'm a quilter. You know, like <laughs> I have so many different roles. Right. Um, but then, you know, I don't, I mean, I, I'm, I'm married and I have a son and I don't really talk about that a lot on my social media because I, I, I don't want to post things about my son and post him. I don't think that, you know, I could, but I don't want, I want to keep that private until he can choose to be part of that or not. Yeah. Well, that's um, good for you. And how, how old is your son now? He's he's nine. Okay. He's, or he will be nine. He's not quite nine yet. Yeah. But then I don't know the the other stuff. Otherwise, from that is is you know of course just bites about me that I don't show and you have grumpy days and whatnot. But you know I I love to eat. I love to travel. I love you know I love being creative. I love meeting other people and I love to take workshops. I think that's all out there, you know. So pretty much everything's out there except my most, you know, my, my family life. What I love about your new book, uh, Everyday Style, is that patterns are right in the back. So this is a lovely thing where you don't have to go online and download patterns. These clothes look so comfortable and I have things bookmarked. I have not made anything yet, but I am going to make several things. I guess I'm, I'm curious about how you decided what patterns to put in this book. Well, I thought about this for a long time and I wanted to have like the concept was that I wanted to have a a, a simple closet. Like what are the five items that you like with this one book, could you make a closet of of stuff that you what garments could you combine with each other so you could actually wear many different uh, combinations? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was like a pant. And and the top and the dress we had to have a few dresses and I thought about it for quite a good while and then I also wanted it to be very simple that's my you know because I don't sew like I said and I wanted I was like I want something that I can understand do easily and I still want it to look good and be functional so uh, I don't know it just I I I thought about it for a great while. And then I did invite um, a seamstress and her name is Alexia Abeg and she's with Green Bee Patterns. So she's actually the one who drafted the patterns and did the sewing patterns because I can't do that. What I'm good at is I know what my style is. I know what I like. I know what I want this book to be about. And I want, you know, I'll, I'm good at telling, coming up like with what I wanted to, to do. And I, I really... Um, I really wanted to make a book that is accessible for everyone, not just a 30-year-old or a 25-year-old. I wanted to show older people in the book wearing my garments, not just, you know, one age group. So it was really fun. I invited my mother-in-law to model and, you know, young people. So it was it, it was really fun to, to put that all together. And, um, and yeah, and then, then Alexia helped me. I told her, I showed her my initial sketches, and you can see those in the book. And I said, like, I want this. I really want, you know, a coat that's a three-quarter sleeve. I love that. I don't want any buttons, no colors, nothing. I just want it to be super simple. And she helped me figure out, like, okay, 
how about this? And then how can that coat actually be a jacket as well? How can the same pattern be a jacket? So her expertise with my vision, you know, this is what came out. So it was a fun collaboration that way. And like, you know, all the images and photos are taken by my very good friend that I know since I was 10, Jenny. And that was also a great collaboration. So this book is very personable. You know, I'm featuring a lot of people and friends that are real people and friends in my life. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, it's created together with my best friend. She's my sister, really. So it's a very personable book. Well, and it's, um, it, got, it has a lot of text in it, too. I mean, the, you're sharing little snippets from your life and your trips and your travels, and you explain how you are connected to the people photographed in the book, um, yeah. which is really fun. So this is, um, it's it's a great, I mean, just for the patterns alone and just for your designs, it's it's worth, I mean, it's worth the price just for that and, the you know, what people get. But they get so much more, which I think is absolutely <laughs> lovely because it is more personal and there's that as a journalist and, and someone who loves story collecting, I I love the fact that we get to have a little peek into your life and the connections you have with people who mean a lot to you. So it's not just about the clothes and the style. It's, it's about so much more than that. It's that connection and, and those relationships that make life so beautiful. So I, yeah, I, essentially, yeah, that's what's important is, is that the connections? Yeah. <laughs> I've been just kind of reading the stories and looking at um, the beautiful pictures, and it's very inspiring. So, um, oh, that's so nice to hear. <laughs> it makes me very happy to hear that. Oh, and I just wanted to mention um, we're starting off a blog tour first uh, of December. Uh, so, if people are interested today of that, it's it's also going to be really fun to see what different people make. You know. This is my version of the garments, and then it's going to be so awesome to see what people, other people make out of this. Do you, are you going to add pockets? Are you are you going to add a lining, or are you going to add buttons? You know, like you can totally make it your style. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly how I made it. What I'm hoping is that people would just sort of use it as a jump off and then go out and, and make other things from it. So I hope to see a lot of stuff on social media and see what people make. It will be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be participating in that blog tour and I will post, yeah, I'm going to post this podcast ahead of time though, to just kind of get people, um, give people a heads up that that's going to be happening. And I don't know if there's anything else that you want people to know about um, any of your projects. I know we covered a lot of things that are coming up. No, I just, you know, keep checking in on social media. It's, it's like I said, you know, I do look at that and I am the one who does all my Instagramming. So I see everything and I see the comments and I, I'm not keeping up as much as I want to, but it's just lovely to to hear from people there. Um, yeah, so I just encourage, I think it's a great tool. It gets, you know, social media gets annoying sometimes and it's overwhelming, but it is ultimately such a fabulous tool to see uh, and connect with other people, what they, what inspires them and how, what they like. So I, I just encourage people to keep contributing there. Um, it just, it's just, yeah, that feeds me. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure. It was really fun talking to you. (laughs) A special thanks to Lata for being on the show. This was really great to get to hear her story and learn a little bit about the behind the scenes of what went into making this lovely book that she has out now. There will be a blog tour starting soon, as she mentioned, and I will be participating in that blog tour. There will be some fun opportunities for you listeners to um, follow along with that blog tour. I will be posting links to the blog tour and all of uh, Lata's online social media stuff. So you'll be able to find links over there and you can go check things out 
and definitely follow her on Instagram. It's She's got a great feed, and I'll link to that too. I would like to take a moment to thank my Patreon sponsors once again, and also the lovely folks over at acshomeandwork.com. Go check out their site and let them know that Jennifer sent you, and I think you'll find some lovely things over there. Before I sign off, I'd like to let you know that I'm going to have a mini after show after the music plays. We stick around, have a few announcements about some of the things going on here at Craft Sanity. Okay, I am in the process of recording more shows, so I'll be back with another episode very soon. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at CraftSanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at CraftSanity.etsy.com. Same time next week we'll be crafting on in the meantime CraftSanity.com or CraftSanity on Instagram. Lots of posts and inspiration. CraftSanity, CraftSanity, CraftSanity. All right, so after approximately a two-year hiatus, I am working hard to bring CraftSanity magazine back. Uh, I took an unplanned break from producing the magazine when I started a a magazine at the community college where I teach. And I, for a while there, I did both. I, I did both my magazine and the student publication and I made it work. And then it got to be a little bit too much. And I have now kind of come up with a plan to bring it back because you know what? I miss it. I no longer write my newspaper column, and I'm not writing for my magazines. I'm kind of feeling lost, folks. I need to start writing again. I'm going to lose my mind if I don't. So uh, I'm working on projects, and I've also uh, been working with some contributors. So that's very exciting that I'm bringing that back. And I am also looking for some sponsors. So if people are interested, if any of you are interested in advertising your handmade business, get in touch. And... We'll see what we can work out. I would love to have you along on this adventure with me. So you can reach me at jennifer at craftsanity.com. I'm also looking for submissions. So feel free to uh, send me an email if you have a project idea. This is a multi-craft and art publication. So it's not just crocheting or just knitting or sewing or fine art. It's kind of a mix of a variety of things. I decide what goes in based on my interest. Usually I make a big wish list of what do I want to learn about or find out more about, who do I want to talk to, and then from there I kind of go down my list and put these collections together. In the past, Craft Sanity has been a very seasonal-based quarterly publication, and I would have a bunch of fall crafts and recipes and projects and stories related to the seasons, and I'm realizing that going forward I don't really want to do that because sometimes... I really like a project or I really want to try something and it's kind of like technically like out of season and then it kind of creates a little bit of a logistical problem for me and so going forward what I'm going to do is just go by more of a theme focus uh, and or vibe that I'm trying to create with each issue and these are really kind of I kind of put these together like mini books they're because I don't want there to be an overwhelming amount of advertising. I don't really want these to get just end up in the recycle bin after a couple months. Like I'm producing these and I'm 
trying to create a publication that people want to refer back to and collect. So um, I know I make projects out of these magazines. Like in the in the couple years that I have been on this unplanned hiatus, I have been going to my shelf and getting the magazine or grabbing my iPad where I have all the issues and I'm making the recipes from the from the magazine. I'm still making projects from the magazine. And so I'm looking to continue kind of making things that are it's kind of more has a feel more of a book, a very pretty book. And so I'm going to be working to do more with photography and design going forward. And it's kind of the relaunch will be kind of um, there'll be a lot of the same elements, but also some different things. And I know I've been working for many days now, um, kind of a couple weeks it's turning into on something to photograph for the cover. And this is uh, probably one of my more elaborate covers, I would say. And uh, I'm excited, though. I'm really excited. It's um, kind of ridiculous how I have spent my time in the last couple weeks, but uh, I think this will be really fun. I'm a doer. Like, I'm someone who likes to be right there on the front lines doing the work. And when I'm advising and teaching, I don't get to do the work. Like, I am, I mean, that is, I'm doing some work, but I'm not doing the writing and the, the, the publication work. And that's what I love and I miss so much. I really need to be producing work and writing uh, and interviewing and just, that. I love the hustle and bustle. Like, I love the, that creative stress of, putting together a publication. I really enjoy that. So uh, I'm going to uh, kick out issue 10 and then I'm going to kind of wait to get your feedback and kind of see like, okay, what do people think of this new rendition? And then decide what does issue 11 look like? Um, you know, wh what is it going to be? So I'm not going to think that much further beyond that first one that I'm going to do on the relaunch here and see what you guys think and then make some plans going forward. I'm also working on getting my fitness mojo back as well. And it's kind of crazy that I find myself in this place where I'm talking about some of my greatest accomplishments in the past tense. Like I caught myself doing this the other day and, you know, I kind of been semi-consciously aware of this for a long time that I've been kind of doing this. Like the things I say to people about what I do, I was explaining like someone I hadn't seen for a while that I used to work with at the newspaper. I was like, Oh yeah. She's like, how's it going? I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm totally under underemployed. And it's like, you know, that's, I mean, the work I do is, is pretty significant. Um, but yet I talk about it as if it's like nothing and that is ridiculous. So, uh, I guess this is a cue to all of you out there. Talk yourself up, not down. Cause that other people will, will talk you down. You, you don't need any help with that. But I also recognize, too, that in some of the things I was saying, some of the things flying out of my mouth, I was talking about, you know, running and fitness and running a marathon, like all these things. And it was all like, like I was talking as if my greatest days were behind me. And uh, I'm 39, folks, so I'm not exactly washed up at this point. Uh, I don't think a college would offer me a scholarship at this point. The Olympic team is not going to recruit me, but that's okay. That's, was, those were never my goals anyway, so that's totally fine. But uh, I just realized that I was getting just tired of hearing myself say, like, oh, yeah, back when I was in shape. I mean, that's insane. I just need to commit to, like, really commit, not because it's not my job, not because, you know, I'm writing a fitness, prof or fitness series, but because I deserve to be healthy and I am more 
helpful to my family and my students and all the other people in my life if I'm healthy, you know, and energized. Uh, it's better for everybody. Um, and all of us deserve that, deserve to have a healthy, energized life. So, um, you know, I'm kind of, basically, I'm restarting a lot of things in my life and uh, I'm doing it all at once. And <laughs> that's kind of how I do things. I don't do things one at a time. But uh, I hope that by sharing this, some people might be like, good grief, this sounds so pathetic. To all those folks out there who are thinking, you're maybe nodding your head like, yeah, I feel like I need to get my mojo back. Or maybe you've been through this. You know, um, it seems to be this crazy cycle. And what I'm trying to figure out right now for myself, and nobody really else can answer this or solve this for me. I have to figure out what do I need to do to be able to manage stress and not crack open like a bunch of Pepsi to manage my stress. Like how can I make sure that every day I'm allowing myself to do, get some exercise, uh, get enough sleep and do something for myself each day so I can be the most productive, most creative Jennifer. Okay. And I'm not saying this in competition with other Jennifers. I'm talking about me. Like how can I get the best out of me to contribute to the world? That's what I'm trying to do. And, um, and because I tend to overshare, <laughs> I will be sharing this experience uh, in a pretty low-key and not hopefully not overly um, ridiculous way on my Instagram feed uh, that mixed in with my projects and my printmaking and my whatever else I happen to be making at the time. I will be mixing in updates about my fitness and how things are going. And we'll see how it goes. I'd really ideally like to lose about 20 pounds and just maintain it. Right now, I kind of feel a little bit embarrassed that, you know, I had this semi-successful magazine that people, you know, subscribe to from all around the, the globe. And um, it was carried in the local bookstores. And I was making this myself with help from my husband and my mom as a proofreader and some really cool supporters here in West Michigan and contributors from all over the place. And I sidelined that for reasons I really can't explain. And then, you know, I, I was able to um, fit into jeans that were smaller than the jeans I wore in high school and uh, ran a marathon. And then I kind of backslid from that too. And the one theme that I can, the only way I can explain this is that I, I think I feel really guilty about spending a lot of time on my own projects instead of like, oh no, I'll put that aside and go work on somebody else's project or help students or, you know, and and I almost feel like, I don't know, I mean, I don't know why I do that. Um, maybe it's because I'm afraid that if I put my full energy into something and it doesn't work out, then what? You know, because right now I can be like, oh, I was kind of doing this on the side with all this other stuff. And it's kind of a safe thing, you know, and, it's, and you just shift it to the back burner and it's not your main thing. So people are like, oh, well, it's not your main thing. So I guess it doesn't have to be great. You know, it's pretty good for not being a main thing. Um, so once you take that safety net away and it's your main thing, and if it stinks and it's your main thing, I think we're worried that that means we stink. And, and really it doesn't. I mean, it just means that um, you got to try to make it better or try something else completely. So uh, I clearly am very um, aware of the situation. And intellectually, I know what I need to do. Um, now it's all about execution. So I'm going to work on this, folks. 
And I hope that the only reason I'm really going on and on about this, I'm not a complete narcissist. Uh, the reason why I feel so compelled to share these personal mini failures with you is because I'm hoping that this will resonate with some of you and you know that you're not alone. If you are on a plateau or maybe you slipped into the valley for a little while and you need to climb back out, it can be demoralizing. It sure can. However, if you're alive and kicking, there's still time to make some changes, folks. That's what I plan to do over here. So I, I want to just rally you all on to whatever it is, that you're, whatever challenge is ahead of you, whatever you're dealing with in your life. I, I just want to encourage you to, uh, to stick with it and do the best you can to uh, you know, get to those goals. And, and it's really important that you have fun while you're working toward these goals. Okay, so this is where I'm going to cut myself off. I got to get back to work. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back soon.